Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning, the final from Angel Stadium in California. It's the LA Angels 7, the Cleveland Indians 4. I'm Davey Barris, lifelong Cleveland baseball fan, and I want to talk about the actual game on the field, the thing I enjoy watching baseball being played. And I made it pretty deep into this game last night. I think I passed out somewhere around the seventh inning. I think after Cesar Hernandez struck out, I uh, I gave up and went to bed and woke up to see that once again, the Indians, they let another one get away. You know, you felt like after uh, Fermil Reyes' home run that maybe, maybe they had a comeback in them, but it just was not meant to be last night. I tried to put some positive vibes out there into the world yesterday before the game. I tried tweeting out some positive vibes and seeing if I could rally the Indians' Twitter to, uh, to get up for this game, but didn't get many responses. Uh, did not feel the positive vibes out there. We started the game well. Boy, I don't think you could start a game any better than we started a game, could you? Huh? Cesar Hernandez takes the first pitch. The very first pitch. A four-seam fastball, 94.1 mile per hour pitch. Right down the heart of the plate. He hits at 107.9 miles per hour, 24-degree launch angle, 403 feet into the Indians' bullpen. It had an expected batting average of 970, and it's a good thing Karinchek isn't an outfielder because he made a flailing attempt with his hat to catch the ball. It's a good thing he gets to play uh, and he gets baseballs given to him because if he were a fan in the stands trying to catch a ball with a hat like that, terrible technique. He's never coming up with a ball in the stands like that. Come on, Karinchek. Uh, Cesar Hernandez, yeah, that is a beautiful way to start a game. And boy, uh, the Indians pitching just let it all disappear. All the momentum that that hit could have brought, it just all faded away once Henches went out there against this Angels lineup. And we told you this Angels lineup could hit. We told you. We, I, we, I warned you that this Angels lineup is really good. I mean, you've got the big names at the top of the lineup, right? Otani, Trout, Rendon. Uh, Walsh is a guy you gotta look out for. Walsh, Jared Walsh, is basically the reason they let Pujols go because Walsh is hitting 343 with a 990 OPS, and this dude needed to be on the field every day. He had to be out there every day. Otani is hitting 263 with a 925 OPS. Oh, by the way, just leading the American League in home runs, he needs to be out there every day. That didn't leave much room for Albert Pujols out there. The rest of the lineup, veteran Jose Iglesias is doing all right. Goslin is uh, the second baseman is hitting over 300. Ligaris, uh, he's scuffling a little bit at the plate. And Suzuki, the veteran catcher, is scuffling a little bit at the plate. But this is a dangerous, dangerous lineup. And they made Sam Hench's, Hench's pay yesterday. Uh, Hench's final line on the day. He only lasts one and two-thirds innings, five hits, six earned runs, three walks, only one strikeout, and one big, massive home run given up to Shohei Otani on 54 pitches. He only gives up four hard-hit balls because, frankly, he doesn't last that long in the game. I mean, uh, he goes through the order one and a half times, and he's out of there. And three walks will really, really cost you 
that early in the game. He has to cut down on his walks. So uh, going over to the illustrator, because Henches is our first storyline here, and looking at where his pitches are here, he is really all over the place with his fastball. He's all down the middle with his curveball. He threw a lot of curveballs and sliders inside the zone. And uh, doesn't look like he has a plan of attack in this game. It looks like the ball is going wherever the ball wants to go. Now compare that to his last start against the Cubs on May 12th. On May 12th, I'm sure we talked about this, there's definitely a plan of attack here against the Cubs. And he went pretty deep into his this game. What was his final line on this game against the Cubs? Four and two-thirds, four hits, no runs. He did give up the four walks, but six strikeouts on 84 pitches. And the Indians would go on to win that game two to one. But looking at the illustrator here, he is attacking. This is from the catcher view. He is attacking the left edge of the plate with his fastball. A huge cluster of fastballs right there on the edge. Yes, there's always going to be fastballs sprinkled all over the strike zone, but attacking that left edge. The slider, he is throwing it for a strike, but then he's also burying it at the feet of right-handed hitters, throwing it away from those lefties. There are tons of sliders down and away to the left side, and then he's dropping the curveball all over, but keeping the curveball down. Most of the curveballs are below the zone. So yeah, so a plan of attack from Sam Henches. Now this is, if you're looking at the illustrator on Baseball Savant, right? If you go to Baseball Savant and check these things out, yes, pitches are all over the place, but you can see a pattern emerging at least. You can see some consistency on where a guy is throwing. Yesterday for Henches, I see no consistency other than on the plate and other than right down the middle. And that's where they were doing damage, except for Hotani. Otani's pitch was a fastball that was way, way up there, going to the pitch results view. I mean, Otani's fastball that he hit out was at his eyes. That was a ridiculous swing. I, that's when you, when you talk about the hands and how important the hands are in swing, uh, to get up and get the hands up to handle a pitch like that, and not only handle a pitch like that, but hit it over 400 feet for a home run. I mean, sometimes you'll see a guy go up there and maybe line it the other way for a single or something like that. Otani went up there and he pulled that ball into right center field for a home run in just an incredible, incredible swing. We said we wanted to see Otani, right? We wanted to see what this guy's been doing, the fact that he's leading, he's leading the league in highlights this year, I think, more than anything else. And, uh, it's honest to God an MVP campaign from Otani right now. And, I mean, that's going to be on his highlight reel at the end of the year. The other big hits he gave up were in the strike zone. The hits he gave to uh, Iglesias were both up. To Rendon was up. And then uh, Gosselin did go down and double off a low pitch this time. What was this pitch? A fastball, a low fastball. But, yeah. Uh, everything that was hit off Henches yesterday was, it was on the plate. The Otani one was ridiculously high, but everything was on the plate. So yeah, not a great plan of attack from Henches. He said post-game that he probably should have gone to his slider more. He threw the fastball 33 times. He has a CSW on the fastball of six. 
that is rough. He, uh, the Angels had 17 swings on his fastball. They only whiffed twice. No called strikes on the fastball. So just not locating the fastball at all. Um, the curveball was a little bit better. He got a few called strikes on it. Eventually, he starts throwing the slider. He did get two whiffs on five sliders. So I think the slider is a pitch he is going to go to more often, hopefully in his next start, to kind of balance things out. And uh, he's got to get back to that attacking that edge of the plate, really pounding inside to the righties, away to the lefties, using his big swinging, you know, delivery and pounding that part of the plate. All right, so that's the storyline from Sam Henches. Yeah, it, it didn't go well. The actual game uh, against him, those actually one and two-thirds innings, um, the two walks cost him in the uh, first inning because Rendon is able to ground out and Otani is able to score in the first inning. So already those walks are proving costly. And then in the... Uh, in the second inning, they just started hammering him, right? Double, single, double, a flyout from Suzuki. He walks Ward to put a runner on for Otani, and Otani crushes that home run. So, yeah, so uh, two of the walks, two of the four walks, is it four walks or three walks? Two of the three walks would come in to score. So there you go. That's how dangerous uh, walks can be. That's how brutal walks can be to a start. All right. The other storyline I'm going into here is the Angels bullpen. Because with Patrick Sandoval, it wasn't clear if it was a bullpen game or if he, uh, you know, it was a true start. He only goes four innings and throws 57 pitches. So feels like a bullpen game that lasted a lot longer than it should. So Sandoval goes four innings for them. Tony Watson goes an inning. They end up using seven pitchers on the day. Um, Hunter Strickland only goes a third of an inning, gets hit around a little bit. Chiswick, Claudio, Mayers, and Iglesias end the game. Iglesias and Mayers, wow, uh, end the game with six strikeouts. The last seven outs made by the Indians, six of them via the strikeout. Mayers and Iglesias both strike out the side to end their innings. I take that back. One of those strikeouts came in the bottom of the in the top of the seventh. So yeah, Iglesias strikes out his side in the ninth in the ninth inning. So yeah, uh, the Angels bullpen was doing really good against us. And the one thing that I keyed in on here was the guys throwing changeups. Now not everybody threw a changeup. Not everybody has it in their arsenal. But Sandoval, Watson, Claudio, who pitched in the seventh. And Iglesias, who pitched the ninth, all threw changeups against us. Sandoval was dominating with his changeup. 21 changeups he threw, 13 swings, 9 whiffs by Indians hitters against Sandoval's changeup. Now, he didn't get any called strikes. In fact, of those four pitchers, not one of them actually got a called strike on their changeup. Instead, the Indians hitters were just whiffing. Just absolutely whiffing against that changeup. Uh, so, yeah, so 13 swings, nine whiffs against Sandoval, four swings, three whiffs against Watson. He threw six. Claudio threw seven, three swings, one whiff, and Iglesias only threw two. Uh, one swing, no whiffs against Iglesias. The total for all the Angels pitching 36 changeups, 
21 swings and 13 whiffs on those swings. No called strikes, which is bizarre. So it's good for a 36% CSW on their changeup total on the day as a pitching staff. So I would say that the changeup definitely hurt us yesterday. I'm sure with all these, with all seven pitchers, we could probably dig into another pitch that also did damage against us. But it really popped with Sandoval the fact that 13 swings, nine whiffs, 69% swing and miss rate on that changeup. That really popped out to me as a storyline. I mean, however, the Indians' offense wasn't. I mean, in, in one way, they're not terrible last night. In other ways, it is terrible. I mean, they do score four runs. They have 11 hits off Angels pitching. Mandy Bell had it in her article that the Indians are now, I think, 18-2 and two on the season when they score four or more runs. So usually four runs is enough to get things done. And they brought the lumber yesterday. I mean, they really, really brought the lumber. They had four, three home runs yesterday. Cesar Hernandez leading off with that home run. Fermil Reyes in the sixth inning, the solo home run. And once again, Harold Ramirez late in the game is hitting solo home runs. Now, Harold Ramirez did have some other decent swings yesterday. In fact, he had three hard hit balls yesterday. Cesar Hernandez had two hard hit balls yesterday. Uh, And Jose Ramirez had two hard hit balls. Reyes had one and Ahmed Rosario had one. So it's not like the Indians weren't putting good swings on the ball. Here's the real problem. The real problem is the Indians were one for seven with runners in scoring position. So many times in this game, it looked like they were going to put together a rally and come back. It looked like they had, I mean, it looked like they had something brewing in the first inning. Hernandez with the leadoff home run. Loop low walks. Then uh, Jose Ramirez smacks one. Smacks one to left field. 112.1 mile per hour exit velocity. A 770 expected batting average. And it goes for a line out to the left fielder. Uh, so that hurt. Then Luplo gets caught stealing. I don't know what he's thinking. What are you stealing with Vermeil Reyes up to bat for? For Vermeil Reyes, just be on base. Like, if he's going to hit a home run, we want that to be a two-run home run. So what are you stealing for there? I don't know if it was a straight steal. I don't know if it was called from Francona. I don't think Luplo is a particularly great base stealer. Uh, I can't remember if Reyes was swinging or not, if it was supposed to be a hit and run. But still, what are you hitting and running for? Just let Reyes try to hit a home run. And if it's a two-home run, that's great, because later in the game, he hits a solo shot, and it's just not effective enough. One for seven with runners in scoring position. You want the opposite side of that? The opposite side of that is the Chicago White Sox yesterday. The White Sox beat the Twins 16-4. to Guess what the White Sox were? with runners in scoring position. By the way, they also hit three home runs yesterday. Now, they hit a ton of doubles. They had 18 hits on the day. With runners in scoring position, they were 7 for 13. You want to talk about an elite, elite offense. 7 for 13 with runners in scoring position. The run differential right now for the White Sox is plus 73. They are plus 73, and we're only in mid-May. Plus 73 on the season right now for the Chicago White Sox in the run differential. The Indians somehow are still a plus 7, even though this West Coast trip 
is not going well. The best offenses in 2020 were the Dodgers and the Padres. The Dodgers were a plus 136 run differential in the 2020 season. San Diego was plus 84. So we'll see if by 60 games, the uh, the White Sox are up the triple digits in their run differential like the Dodgers were last year. Uh, the best in the American League last year were the Tampa Bay Rays at plus 60 and the White Sox at plus 60. Now, obviously, this fluctuates Throughout the season, they will go through cold streaks. That number will go down a little bit, and that come right back up. So we'll see if the White Sox, like we said, by 60 games, if they're up in the triple digits like the Dodgers were last year. Just to give you a little bit of a baseline on how ridiculous this plus 73 run differential is right now. Uh, So yeah, so that's a team that is getting it done with runners in scoring position. And... uh, For the Indians, let's get back into it. Some of the situations that they faced yesterday. Uh, So, yeah, in the second inning, they get two guys on. A single. Naylor gets hit by a pitch. Uh, Ahmed Rosario grounds into a double play. The third inning, they actually put together a little rally. Cesar Hernandez singles, moves up on a loop low ground out. Jose Ramirez drives him in. But then Fermil Reyes flies out off the end of the bat to end that threat. He goes after an outside fastball, hits it the opposite way, just didn't square it up at all. Only an 85.9 mile per hour exit velocity. The fifth inning, I really thought the Indians had something going here. Ahmed Rosario singles, Rene Rivera singles. You got two guys on now to lead off the fifth inning. Here comes the comeback. It was 6-2 to two at this point, so still in reach. And this was the fifth inning was the inning, I believe, that... Watson came in to pitch for the Angels, and he just dominates the Indians. He strikes out Cesar Hernandez, strikes out Jake Bowers, and strikes out Jose Ramirez, your one, two, three hitters, to end the fifth inning after two singles to start. That's brutal. That's brutal that the top of the order, I mean, Watson is absolutely dominating right now. He is is dominating when he's inheriting runners. So pressure situations, that's what the Angels broadcast was talking about. And uh, yeah, uh, in the sixth inning, another chance, a home run. Three, now it's 3-6. Maybe a comeback could happen here. Eddie Rosario is able to work a great at-bat for a single. Harold Ramirez flies out, but Josh Naylor singles. Uh, I think Harold Ramirez, yeah, that was a deep ball to center field. 102.1 mile per hour exit velocity, 383 feet to center field, a 770 expected batting average, and it goes for a flyout. But Naylor's able to single. Amin Rosario shatters his bat and grounds out to the pitcher and moves the runners up, but Rene Rivera, oh, Rene Rivera pops out to end the threat. So, yeah, there were so many opportunities for the Indians to put together a rally and it just didn't happen. And then they just go down swinging to end the game. Harold Ramirez does mix a home run in there. 106.5 miles per hour exit velocity. This time he goes 401 feet. This time it has a 900 expected batting average because it's a home run. Uh, so yeah, so Harold Ramirez again, apparently at the end of the game with nobody on base, Harold Ramirez turns into Babe Ruth. So the Indians' offense just was not clicking with runners in scoring position, and they had a chance. They absolutely had a chance to get back into this game and make it a game against the Angels because our bullpen actually pitched fantastic after Hedges left. I mean, Trevor Steffen, two point, a two and a third, 
two hits, no runs, one walk, three strikeouts. Nick Sandlin, we haven't even talked about Sandlin, two innings pitched, no hits, no runs, no walks, four strikeouts in two innings from Nick Sandlin. Took him only 23 pitches to record four strikeouts over two innings. Quantrill did get hit around, but after uh, after really getting into a jam, he's able to limit the damage. He's able to strand the runners at second and third and uh, get out of it, only giving up one run. And then Wickren comes in, pitches a good eighth inning, uh, two strikeouts from Wickren, and, uh, and a deep flyout to center that Harold Ramirez is able to run down. So the bullpen ends up going four, five, six, and a third of one run ball. So the bullpen actually, and obviously these aren't the stars from the bullpen. These are the other guys. They were able to handle the the Angels lineup. I mean, Otani goes down twice looking. And uh, yeah, let's look into what Sandlin was throwing because my God, uh, he really dominated those two innings. Threw the slider 16 times, had a 50% CSW on the slider, had a 40% CSW on the sinker, he only threw the fastball twice, but one of them was a called strike, so that's good for a 50% CSW on the fastball. Overall, for his two innings, it's a 48% CSW. Uh, that's pretty dominant out of the bullpen. Really, really doing a great job with his slider. And uh, flipping back over to the illustrator, let's see how he was using it, where he was locating it, and really, really sweeping it across the zone and then okay so there's two clusters here then they're spread out pretty good but you can see a pattern he is putting sliders in the strike zone and then throwing sliders down and away to the right side of the plate and there's definitely two zones that he's targeting here so now as a hitter you have to decide is this one of those sliders that's coming in the zone or is this one of those sliders that's going to fade down and away from me that is tough when it's coming from that sidearm delivery and uh great job great plan by nick sandlin with his slider last night to really target these two areas uh the low area of the plate he did pop a few high sliders keep them on their toes but most of them are down most of the sliders are from the belt from the waist or down so yeah i gotta give mvp for the day on a day when yes the indians hit a bunch of home runs and the leadoff home run was great I got to give MVP for the day to Nick Sandlin here. Two innings, clean baseball, four strikeouts on only 23 pitches. Sandlin gets MVP for the day. All right. Well, that's all my thoughts. I, that's the game, man. We got to come back. We got to we gotta get some rallies going. We need some rallies. As great as it is to live and die by the home run, we died by it yesterday because the Angels were able to rally against us. We had four of the top five hardest hit balls yesterday. Did not matter because the Angels rallied against us, put up seven runs. All right, coming up tomorrow, we got Plesak on the mound. It's another late start, a 9.38 start. Plesak is going up against Heaney for the Angels. It's another lefty starter, so I'm sure those righties will be in there again. Um... Yeah, we need it. We need a stopper from Plesak. We really, really need him to be on his game and uh, put together some timely hitting against these Angels. 
All right, that's all my thoughts. Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland baseball morning. Again, the final from California, from LA. It's the Angels 7, the Indians 4. We'll be back tomorrow to talk about Plesak. You can follow me on Twitter at Davey Barris. You can email the show at clevelandbaseballmornings at gmail.com. Let me know your thoughts on the game, and we'll discuss them on the show. Also, I'm hosting this podcast on Anchor, so if you go to anchor.fm forward slash Cleveland Baseball Mornings, you can leave a voicemail for the show. We'll play them back on the air, respond to your thoughts, and have a fun conversation amongst the fans about baseball. So thanks again for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning.